Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to take a ride on the Steelers Afternoon Drive with our co-hosts, Alan Saunders and Zachary Smith. Hello, welcome into another episode of the Steelers Afternoon Drive. I'm Zachary Smith. That means that's Alan Saunders. Alan, the background is back. Training camp. We are back. We are back here at St. Vincent College for today and two more days. So it's crazy. Not long for, yeah. for this world. Um, but uh, yeah, man, that's it's crazy that it's almost over. But yeah, just got a couple left here at uh, St. Vincent and um, car just wrapped up a little while ago. Got uh, Cam Hayward recording his podcast like right over there. <laughs> so like, there we go. It's a very, he, yeah, that was my spot first. You know, he kind of, kind of, it's got to copy me. You know, I, I understand. I'm a media professional. He, he might was, have seen like he's just where a you were set up. Player. He's like, oh, those are good things to do. You know, yeah. That's, I'm thinking now, he saw where you were set up and he was like, you know what? We got to get out there. Now, I will say he's with, I think he's recording with TJ today. It's like, oh. with all due respect, I, I think he's got a better guest, maybe. Like, I think, I think he's. <laughs> I would say, so. oh, see, we should have. I, I know that you said we got to set up Derek coming on here, but I mean, if we could have oh, made that yeah, happen, we'll you know, Derek on here, yeah, toe to toe, we'll do that, and we'll do that uh, maybe tomorrow, Thursday. Yeah. Uh, everybody, if you could do happen. us a favor before we really get into the meat and potatoes of the show, be sure to subscribe, like, hit that notification bell. Uh, if you're listening somewhere else, you can listen to the rest of the show, but then leave a five star review after that, and of course, leave us a comment down below. We're going to read some of those at the end of today's episode as we try to do with all of them some really interesting stuff kind of carrying on a conversation that we had on yesterday's episode which if you missed that 
whole playlist is created. You can go and catch that one or any of the other shows uh, that we've done in the past. But uh, Alan, first things first, as we always kind of have to do at this time of year, just a little bit more reshuffling, bringing in a new running back, releasing a running back, some transactions taking place. Uh, let's start there. Yeah, uh, Zavian Valade is a new running back from Arizona State, and before that was Wyoming. He's the second leading rusher in Wyoming history. Spent one year at ASU, ran for a thousand yards, led Sun Devils in uh, was it all-purpose yards or yards of scrimmage? Yards of scrimmage, um, and went to Houston as like a priority undrafted free agent. They were they spent like one hundred seventy-five thousand dollars of guaranteed money mm-hmm. on this guy, and cut him in the first week of August. So, not quite sure what happened there. Um, Might have just been a depth thing. But Steelers snapped him up, and I think, you know, in terms of, like, that RB4 kind of spot, which has been a practice spot, squad spot for the Steelers the last couple of years, I think he's going to immediately insert himself into that conversation. Didn't really practice much today. But I was talking to my buddy, uh, Cody Tucker, who covered Wyoming, and, you know, he said he's he's a good player. Like, he he, he felt like he should have been an all-pack 12 selection last year, and he kind of got uh, robbed from that. And I think he's a guy that, that will be able to add to this team right away, which is – let's be honest, like somewhat unusual when you're talking about guys you're pulling off the scrap heap on August 15th. So definitely a little bit curious situation that a guy that well-regarded coming out of the draft, he really was a guy that I think most people expected to be drafted. Um, and mm. then when he didn't, you know, you remember it was like the same kind of thing. The Steelers got like uh, Shakur Brown was that cornerback a couple of years ago where like everyone thought he was going to be drafted and then he was undrafted and the Steelers spent a lot of money for him. Now he ended up not making the Steelers and the last I checked he was in the USFL. So maybe that's not the greatest example, but I, I think, uh, yeah, this is a well-regarded player. If you look his uh, relative athletic score, if you've already looked, if you ever looked at like res.football, puts out this like relative athletic score that combines a player's size, speed, explosiveness, and athleticism compared to you know other players at their position. He's like a nine plus, like nine six, something like that, like way at the top of the scale in terms of athleticism. So certainly something there to work with. We'll see uh, what he looks like when he gets in here and. Uh, John Lovett going the other way, running back from Penn State, uh, who just was not healthy. He was hurt the first practice he was here, and that was it. And so spent two weeks getting right, and then they cut him loose. And uh, we'll see what, uh, if anything, Zazavian, I believe that's how it's pronounced, uh, can mm. can do when he gets uh, a real look at the practice field here, probably tomorrow. Yeah, I have a friend who's a Ravens fan who also – well, you know, you know, Richie that we met up with in yes, Mobile. Yes. He's a Ravens fan, also covers ASU. He just texted me and said, dang it. So, uh, yeah, he's not happy about this. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's really interesting that RB4 spot. I know that you put out a new 53-man roster projection. Uh, right now you have Higgins as the guy making that practice spot. But you said this is obviously a guy that could push for that, too. Be interesting to see how much work he gets. I mean, which, is it feasible to think he's going to get some run in this preseason game coming up on Saturday? I would assume so. Yeah. I mean, there's really only, you know, there's six running backs on the, on the roster. Again, I doubt we'll see more than a couple of drives for Najee Harris, you know, a couple of drives for Jalen Warren, Anthony McFarland, maybe three or four. And then, you know, second half pretty much it's going to be Bell, a great Bell and uh, Darius Higgins and, and it'll be Valdez. And so, you know, I expect him to get some carries. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think it was, I was reading the article uh, at the site about bringing him in, like people talking about, like they thought there was some, like some Arian Foster there to his game, another undrafted running back who obviously had great success in Houston. Um, So yeah, I mean, about as intriguing of a guy as you can bring in at this point in camp, I think. So I'm interested. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think, 
you know, they, they I know they had a number of running backs in camp there a good bit, so it might have just been a numbers thing. Certainly weird that they were taking a you know, they, they'll, they'll, Houston will take like a hundred and seventy five thousand dollar dead cap hit for cutting him. So not something yeah. they probably did lightly. Um, but mm-hmm. I'm interested to see what he looks like uh, when we get him on the field here tomorrow. Let's uh, let's focus on some some running back stuff here to start out the show. A little bit of run heavy to start this. I want to talk about what happened, what we saw in the team period. Something that you're actually writing at the site. Uh, we talked a lot about this preseason game, the past preseason game. One thing we really didn't talk about was some of the explosive runs that we saw from the team, and you know the running backs that we could see featured. You mentioned you know some of those guys lower on the depth chart really you know weren't contributing to that yards per carry but like anthony mcfarland obviously broke a couple calvin austin not a running back but breaking off a little bit jalen warren um you know what what did you make to their performance and let's just talk about this running game as a whole yeah big team run period today uh big focus for this team it's really striking to see how physical they still are being still got pads on almost every day still doing lots of team runs all the way here it's august 15th um Really nice day for Jalen Warren today in practice. Thought he was the best running back on the field. Uh, he he just continues to look really, really good. I definitely think that we've talked a lot about this offense wanting to be more explosive and having a desire to be more explosive. And I think you know, mo- for most people, that thought is, well, throwing the ball down the field. Or yeah. maybe you throw, throw it short and run it long, right? You know, where it's like a, a bubble screen that you break. Or, or, you know, maybe even the Jets, I think you could maybe put into that category. But I think this team has an underrated ability to be explosive in the running game. Like, if you give Ant McFarland room, he can run. Like, Jalen Warren is extremely elusive. He made a run today where all I saw was, like, defense, 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 defense. Tiny little crack. Here comes Jalen Warren. Like Minka had to come running up and make an ankle tackle to keep him from breaking that for 50 yards. Um, it was, you know, he is really elusive and, and makes guys miss. And I think that's, you know, if you can scheme it up right, get your fast guy on the edge, like they did for that touchdown that Anthony McFarland scored in the preseason game. If you can make, if you can get guys in the secondary to start missing tackles, like those two guys have the kind of breakaway speed and elusiveness where they can. They can make explosive out of the running game. The running game does not have to be this like plotting three yards of carry at a time endeavor. And I feel like Najee Harris is not that same level of explosive. It's probably going to be a little bit more plotting when he's in the game. And he has a different role, right? He's going to take punishment, you know, where those guys are, you know, maybe playing 20% of his reps or something like that. You know, they're out there to, to, to break one loose. And I think they can, I think they will be able to do that at a different level than we saw last year. I say this with hesitation because we've seen what this offense has looked like the last couple of years, but going back to our conversation where about Matt Canada in this game and just like the wrinkles and them not wanting to show too much yet. I really struggle to not get a little bit excited thinking about what some of those wrinkles could look like putting the ball in Calvin Austin's hands or in Anthony McFarlane's hand in space. Yeah, they have so much more speed. I just think, you know, McFarland, like, man, night and day from Benny Snell. Like, I like Benny, and I think, you know, he was a good backup to Najee Harris if you needed him to be that. But he was not a guy that you were trying to get the ball on a regular basis, you know. And and I think, you know, Ant is a different kind of player in that regard. Calvin Austin is a different kind of player in that regard. We saw a tight end screen to Darnell Washington, which is basically a run. Like, let's let's be honest here. And, like, man, that's a fun play to watch. That's not a fun play for the secondary trying to get in there and make a tackle on that giant dude running down the field. But uh, I just think there's a lot of ways where they can create explosive plays. 
that are not necessarily deep balls. You, you know, I think there's more to it than that. And I think that's a, a very strong sign for this offense. Yeah, I, I did want to bring up something with this offense going into today's practice to uh, seven shots. The offense coming back from three to three to one down to win four to three. I thought it was very odd, and you can tell me if I'm wrong on this, that the offense ties it at three. Tomlin goes, let's go. One's back out there for the seventh shot of seven shots. Is that is that typical, or like was there something like going on that like Tom was just like, I want to see the ones-on-ones right now? What was up with that? Not typical. Uh, not unheard of, but not typical. And Tomlin was asked about it after practice. He just said, I didn't want the pups to decide it. I wanted our, you know, I wanted our ones back out there. I wanted, there I wanted is. it to be a real result. You know, one of the things that I think he's very good at is fostering competition. And, you know, these guys know when a competition is not a real competition, right? They know when like, Oh, if the defense goes three and starts, starts three and one and then loses four, three, because the third team defense got scored on by Mason Rudolph. I think they know. Yeah, you know, they know that's not real, right? They they know that that's not a real test of of what's mm-hmm. happening, and so I think he does a very good job of keeping the competition real, and and using his power as uh, as like the arbiter of things to uh, to keep things competitive, and and that's what he's always looking for. He's always looking for more competition, and I think he got it today. It was pretty spirited. It was pretty spirited after that too, man. The last uh, one of the last team periods, they were doing like a down and distance drill, you know. And um, Minka Fitzpatrick came flying over from center field to break up a pass on George Pickens. And you saw the whole the whole sort of defensive sideline get up and get in his face a little bit. And they're all, yeah, you know. And, uh, yeah, it's just like a dumb drill at the end of practice. But they get into it. He, that, that competition is real. And uh, I think it makes everyone out here better. Um, you mentioned Minka, and it triggered in my mind just starting to think about that secondary because there's been so many guys out. But today, you know, Joey Porter returning, Keanu Neal returning, and DeMonte Casey returning yesterday. So that secondary starting to get a bit healthier. What did you make of that group today? Yeah, we can run down the uh, the injury list here real quick, too. So uh, I thought the secondary was solid today. Um, not, you know, nothing spectacular. There was a couple interceptions. Uh, Elijah Riley had one um, off Mitch Trubisky in a team period on a circle route. Where they had Calvin Austin in the backfield, and he ran that. If you're old like me, and you remember like the old, very limited Madden playbook from like 1999, the uh, the two running backs in the shotgun fullback circle route was like deadly. Yeah, well, it wasn't deadly today for uh, Matt Cannon and the Steelers' offense. Elijah Riley has apparently played that game once or twice before. Read it all the way, and I made the interception. James Pierre had a nice pick as well in the uh, three on three in the end zone. Um, I thought uh, he's been good since kind of getting called out by his defensive coordinator the other day. But, uh, yeah, the, the, the injury. So, Nate Herbig out uh, that shoulder. Talked to him this morning. He said he's, you know, working back. It doesn't seem like it's a major injury. Uh, um, Nick Wiekowski also didn't practice. Larry Ogunjobi didn't practice. Mike Tomlin said he's working his way back. I don't know what that means. Uh, Trey Norwood did not practice as well with that right calf injury limited was Keanu Benton and Joey Porter jr. Uh, Benton looks fine to me. I, you know, maybe just a precautionary thing at this point, I think he'll be fine. Joey is still, you know, very clearly just doing like the individual stuff and not yet in team period. He said he wants to play in the preseason game on Saturday. As of right now, I think I would be hesitant on that plan and Keanu Neal back to basically full participation you know and we got a good long look at that 
three safety heavy nickel package with Neil Fitzpatrick and KZ all in there together for what feels like the first time all training camp. I think they were together the first couple of days, but certainly the first time with pads on that we got to see that, that uh, unit play together. And I thought it looked really good. Um, I wanted to look at a couple of those injuries and ask further, is that the same foot for Ogan Joby that was bothering him last year? Or is it the other one? You know, I'm not sure, and I'm not even sure that it's a foot. I just know that oh. he's got a, he's got his um his you know his foot is in a boot, but that could be an ankle. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I I don't know. Okay, and the other one that I wanted to bring up was Norwood, just because it's we're going on a pretty extended period of time now that he's missed here. I believe that you still have him on the 53 man roster, but how close is he to not, in your opinion, being there? Like, if he can't get back to practice here very very soon. I do not have him on the 53. Oh, okay. Right now I have him off and uh, I don't think it's about the injury necessarily, although that's certainly not helping his case. Um, you know, I think for me, it's mostly just about uh, the ability of some other guys to provide more than, than what he is providing at that spot. Um, but, but yeah, I don't, I, I don't have him on the 53 right now. I haven't actually, I'm not sure I've had him on the 53 at any point. Um, I, I just think, Elijah Did you Riley, have him as a cut or a practice squad? I have him on the practice squad. Um, okay, maybe uh, I think Elijah Riley has been ahead of him the whole yeah. way since OTAs, and I still have Elijah Riley missing this team. Although I think he very well could end up making it, um, but I just don't know where to put him. You know, it, th- those those last couple guys. You know, there's always like, hey, I've got three more guys that belong on this 53 than are actually on it, and what's going to happen is between now and then three more guys are going to get hurt and they're going to end up on it. You know, it's just a question of how does that work between now and the start of the season? Right. Yeah. Um, another guy I want to talk about potentially making a push for the 53. Um, we've talked a lot about the Raven Clark getting beat. And I had a conversation with Nick on here because he's really liked what tackle Dylan Cook has liked. The guy that really hasn't gotten much buzz. Um, actually, really cool story not even, you know, traditionally a tackle. Um, his story is a former quarterback, transitioning tackle, basically had given up on playing football, got a call, short story here, now here he is. Um, do you think that he's got any shots to to take over what we thought was Raven Clark's spot? Is that fourth offensive tackle? And is that on the 53-man roster or just on the practice squad? Yeah, I do think he has a chance to be the fourth tackle. I mean, I don't expect Raven Clark to make the team at this point. He has not been very good. And um, if if he would stay on the practice squad, I assume that the Steelers would would take Lower Raven Clark because of his experience. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, I would not; it would not surprise me if he does not want to, and uh, that that Dylan Cook could end up as the fourth tackle. Now Spencer Anderson will be around too, whether that's on the roster or the practice squad. Probably don't know yet, but um, you know, I, I think that Dylan Cook has showed a lot. I, I think his athleticism is something. He's a tall, lanky guy. And so I think um, pad level for him is probably going to be an issue. And, mm-hmm. and you know, maybe much better pass protecting than run protecting, I would assume. But I, I just think he's an interesting you – know, look, this is a team that made a starter out of Alejandro Villanueva. Like, they're not afraid of a guy from an unusual background – being able to do the job, I think they're going to give him a real look. And, and I think he's been impressive so far from what I've seen. Yeah. Um, I was saying Nick can't stop saying his praise. I mean, for a guy that like 
very well be off the 53 man roster. Um, I really didn't know much about him until Nick kind of filled me in on what's been going on with him there. Uh, but I'm glad you mentioned Spencer Anderson because that's where I want to pivot to next. He got some run at center with the second team. I mean, obviously, I, I don't know if we talked about it enough on here, but it was talked about by basically everybody else how Kendrick Green looked in that preseason game. Uh, not very good. I, I You look at like, okay, maybe the most hated man in Pittsburgh the year that he had to play center in front of Ben Roethlisberger. Um, everybody fell in love with him when he starts playing fullback at camp. He gets out there for a preseason game and everybody hates him again. Um, Spencer Anderson getting snaps at center. What do we make of it? Um, yeah, Kendrick Keen was not very good in the preseason game. Uh, I still put him on my 53, but like with the asterisk, it was just like, <sighs> yeah, who else? You know, I don't know. Maybe Spencer Anderson is the who else. You know, he's the first guy that I really think. Like Nate Herbig, I just, I don't. Like, he's not a natural center. Can he do it? Yeah. Uh, is it going to be good? I don't like not not really. And and he's not doing it every day. You know, even if you yeah. even if they decide like okay, if something actually happens to Mason Cole where it's bad, our best answer is to move Herbig or Daniels to center. You still need someone to play center every day with the second team. Like I, I just I can't see them going into the year with one natural center on the fifty-three man roster. From from my recollection, they've never done that. Um, even if they had another guy that was center capable, there's always been two centers on the team. Mm-hmm. But Green has been bad at center. And, and then, you know, and that's the other thing is that, you know, they would not have – I think we said this when we talked about Green on the fullback stuff. Like, they would not be trying this Green stuff if he was not in position to make a team. They would not be bothering with him at fullback yeah. if, if they didn't think that he could make the team as a center. So, clearly, he's going to get the opportunity. And that's why I still put him there in the 53. But I don't know. Um, Spencer Anderson was drafted. Uh, so, I mean, that's generally a heads up case. He hasn't looked what I would call great. And the one thing I'll say is like, he's handled positional versatility very well. Like he's played right tackle. He's played left guard. He's played right guard. He's played a little bit of left tackle. And I don't think at any of those spots, he's looked more or less out of place. He's not the strongest guy in the world. He has trouble with some straight up bull rushes. Can he play center? I don't know. Ask my Tomlin about this. And he, he said the thing with Spencer Anderson was intellectually they think he can do it. You know, like he can mm-hmm. make the calls. He can make the reads. He can snap the ball. You know, physically can he do it? I don't know if we're going to see. And and so um, maybe the first real attempt I've seen from the Steelers just to pivot to a plan B as far as who the backup center will be. If it's not Kendrick Gein, I think we're going to see if it might be Spencer Anderson. It's just so interesting because, you know, a couple more practices and then they got another preseason game. Like, I mean, right now you would still think Kendrick Green's going to be the second team center in that game against the bills. Right. I mean, but I I don't know. I don't want to see anybody get hurt out there, Alan. Yeah. I mean, nobody wants that, but uh, I don't, you know, I don't think – I think they're going to continue to give Kendrick Green chances because of his potential versatility, um, because it, it's the easiest answer, right? I mean, that's just the the best thing for the Steelers is that Kendrick Green shows improvement and, you know, gets to a place where they feel like they could be comfortable with it. Um, all, the other, all the other options are complicated. And so I think we're going to continue to see Green out there at center. I, I would – I would not be surprised if we see Spencer Anderson play some center this Saturday. Mm, okay. Yeah. I think we haven't talked about like, I mean, why would really, really talk about 
QB performances that weren't Kenny, but like I thought Mason looked pretty good in that game. And like, you have to kind of keep in mind too, that Kendrick green was the one playing center for him. I mean, how many bad snaps did he have prior to, you know, starting to throw some dimes out there, the long touchdown to, to Calvin Austin. But I don't think enough people were talking about how well I thought, at least I thought Mitch or Mason played on Friday. Yeah. And I went back and rewatched uh, some of Mitch Trubisky's and I honestly, I thought it was pretty poor live. And when I went back and watched, I didn't think it was as bad as I thought it was live. You know, he had a bunch of bad circumstances. Like that ball, the, the, the jump ball to Cody White just cannot oh, be yeah. intercepted. It, it just yeah. can't. And, and, you know, I think that – that uh, I, I don't put that on the quarterback at all. He's taking a good chance there. He's got one-on-one coverage against a smaller corner. It just uh, – you, you, can't, you can't have that. And so uh, I didn't think Mitch was as bad as maybe his stat line looked. Uh, Mason also probably not as good as the stat line looked since 67 yards of that was just like – I actually talked yeah. to Mason about that today. I was like, uh, you know, a little James Washington, Oklahoma State flashback for you. And, and he was like, yeah, but Calvin's a little faster. You know, you kind of got to put it – got to kind of put it ahead of him a little bit more. You know, it's not the same exact throw. He's he's freakishly fast. Uh, but, yeah, I thought Mason was really good and – I don't think that there's a real competition for who would be the first quarterback off the bench uh, yeah. if something happened to Kenny Pickett. But I think, you know, Mason needs to prove that he's worth that roster spot and that, uh, and, and look, let's be honest, he's, he's auditioning for, for 31 other teams too, because I think the Steelers have pretty solid quarterback depth and would not be unheard of for some team to come knocking about it. Absolutely. Um, Alan, I think it's time for a little Tuesday takes here. We go to the YouTube comment section. All right. Always a fun place. Uh, for I yesterday's episode. Keep those comments come by the way. We had a ton yep. of comments yesterday. I love comments. They're awesome. We're going to highlight the good ones. We may at a later date make fun of the bad ones, but that's not the hater hat is not, not on right now. You see the yeah. smiley face. This is, this is happy <laughs> hat, Smitty. We are going to yes. praise the good comments today. What do you got? Yeah, if you see the cowboy hat come on, then you know you're in trouble. That's how we'll do it. Um, we're going to look first at my man here, 3 man 11 who said, I thought the route concepts were a little funky with spacing, but Kenny completed some tough throws. Now, keep in mind yesterday's episode, pretty heavily talking about Matt Canada because of JT O'Sullivan's comments about the the offensive concepts that the Steelers came out in and stuff like that. So a lot of this conversation about yesterday's episode was about that. A lot of comments are obviously going to be about that. Um, yeah. So what, what do you make of this? I mean, we, we've talked a lot about the route concepts, you know, going back even before this episode where we were talking about a problem with Matt Canada's offense that a lot of people don't talk about, like throw away the play calling. Why are there receivers in the same spots of the field constantly? Like that should never happen, let alone multiple times in game. Um, so yeah, what do you make of this comment? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I didn't have a problem. I didn't see anything spacing wise that I had a problem with, but I think maybe in general, um, like maybe we undersold how good Kenny Pickett was in that game. Like, like our conversation was mostly focused about the coordinator, and that's true. I, I thought he was mm-hmm. fine, and I didn't think there's anything wrong with a place he called considering the situation. But certainly, like they worked at the level that they worked because eight was really, really good. I mean, like just awesome. Um, mm-hmm. really there wasn't a bad throw the bunch the one throwaway uh, where he's kind of flinging it towards Jalen Warren just to get rid of it uh, other than that man he was awesome and so yeah I, I think Kenny certainly made the play calling 
result better than maybe it, it, it ought to have based on the lack of creativity. And again, I don't think there's anything wrong with being boring in the preseason, but the execution was very high in addition to whatever you think of the play calling. And, and yeah, probably good to point that out because, because Kenny was great. Yeah. I mean, the one time they, they got behind the sticks, we talked about it before we started recording, you know, he, he throws out uh, a little pitch to, to Najee doesn't do anything with it. Gets behind the sticks. Then second down and long, for some reason they pitch out to Jalen Warren, maybe gains that yard back. And then Kenny rolls out to his right, hits Deontay coming back towards the sticks on a third and 10 uh, to pick up the first down. And they convert that. And then it was like smooth sailing the rest of the drive once they picked up that third down. So, yeah, I think that was the one time where maybe, you know, he put them behind the eight ball offensively. But uh, the eight ball at quarterback was able to pick him up. So, um, yeah, the uh, the Pickens touchdown was a third down, too. It's about third and eight. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I but in that area of the field. You, know, you get to fourth and three, you're probably going to go for it. I don't know. I think that's that's a little different situation than like third and ten in your own zone. Um, but yeah, I thought the offense moved smoothly, but I thought Kenny was very, very good. There's not no question about that. And I think um this other comment kind of ties in with it. And also really I think you're highlighting the one play that I brought up to Najee and maybe that second long decision to Jalen as well. No, there were and this is from Batterista. Uh, no, there were extremely negative plays, and they had multiple third and longs that Kenny was forced to throw and overcome. Yeah, I just had the two uh, third downs on that drive. I don't again. I don't know if I call third and eight at in at the thirty third and long really the same way third and ten in your own end is. But yeah, Kenny's going to have to make third down completions. Like that's that's going to have to be a thing. Mm-hmm. And I think you know the the connection that he showed with Deontay Johnson is probably a very good sign for that because that's really your third down guy. And uh, and that that rolling to the right throw where Johnson's coming back to the pylon, or uh, the to the marker is awesome. I had another one where he's rolling to his left and hit Johnson. That was not a third down, but it's very much like a third down style play call, if that makes sense. Um, I, I really thought you know he was great. Probably didn't give enough credit to Kenny when we were talking about the offensive success in that game. Uh, so prep, shout out to Kenny and uh, shout out to Mason Rudolph. And uh, good comments, y'all. Yeah, appreciate them. Like we said, keep them coming so we can do this same type of deal uh, tomorrow and on episodes going forward. Um, Alan, we did get a breaking news tweeted at us. Um, My guy Tyler Hurley coming through. So Terry Bradshaw was the keynote speaker at the Apple Blossom Festival Sports Breakfast in Winchester, Virginia last year. First of all, wait. I just need to. I just need to interrupt here. Yeah. The why is Terry Bradshaw the keynote <laughs> yes. speaker Listen. at the Apple Blossom Sports Festival? Apple Blossom, first of all, wait, wait, before that, why does the Apple Blossoms Festival in Winchester, Virginia, have a sports breakfast? What's the connection from apples to sports? Okay, and then how do we get from that to Terry Bradshaw in Winchester, Virginia? Now, I've been to Winchester many times. It's it's a nice place right there, you know, uh, on 81 uh, i drive through it a lot but i but like I, I don't know it's not a place that i associate with terry bradshaw this is not why is there even a steelers truck like Winchester? like if i yeah. look up the like new york times sports fan map i'm sure it's like mostly commanders fans there it, it can't be why i have so many why questions before we get to i'll the be truck. 
And I'll be honest, that actually, like, I, for some reason, none of that registered with me. That, to me, is actually a little bit more compelling than the truck itself. I mean, because, like, this truck, you'll, like, see this same truck basically outside of Acroshore Stadium, like, every single Sunday. Like, I've seen probably 50 of these at least. Um, But, yeah, now reading that tweet again and you, and you bring that up, I'm like, okay, when is Ben Roethlisberger speaking at the Peach Blossom Festival Sports Brunch? It's like, like someone Mad Libs the Steelers <laughs> tweet. It's like Terry Bradshaw was at the Apple Blossom Sports Breakfast in Winchester, Virginia. Like, what? I, it's this actually, that, that next, might be what happened. Tyler was next, like, he had this next picture. Week, next week, Alex Highsmith will be speaking at the <laughs> Save the Whales rally in Juneau. This is why covering the Steelers is so great because this does not happen to other teams. Like this is all just the pervasiveness of Steelers nation. A hundred percent. Yeah. All right. So to follow up with this AI generated tweet that actually didn't happen, we got this picture (laughs) from Tyler uh, standing in front of this truck. I mean, I don't really know what to take away from this thing. Um, like I I'll, said, I've I'll seen. Say, so I'll many... say this: it's it's I'll... it's a significant financial investment here. I mean, this is a new truck with Steelers. Yes. Like you've you've spent more money on this than most of the vehicles. I feel like we're going to see here, right? Like this is like it, it is a different level of fandom when you're like dropping eighty thousand on your on your Steelers vehicle right like yeah so i think that's that's the thing that stands out to me here yeah. obviously very that's nicely right. made dealership graphic i don't i feel like it i feel like the best ones of these are gonna look homemade right like that's the charm that is missing here mm-hmm. yeah that's what i'm saying it's, like maybe if this is too professional this thing's got to have some more like custom stuff done to it in my opinion um but I mean, obviously, I appreciate the picture coming in from Tyler here. I, I uh, I'm trying to see like if I can see. So I see on the hood, it's got like the the golden black pattern going up it too, um, which is a nice touch. The little flags on the front. I don't know. I mean, even if the rims were gold or something, like give me something. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's 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 quite corporate feeling, right? Like this is. And yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like the ones that are given away outside of the stadium, like every right, Sunday right, or whatever, right, like right, a chance yeah. to win a truck. But yeah. I'm telling you, if you if you won this in a giveaway, that's cool. If you paid for this, like that's impressive. But I don't think the truck itself is impressive, right? I think that's where I'm at. Like, like yeah. the financial commitment to a Steelers truck. If you bought this new from the dealership, that's serious. Okay, if you won it, that's awesome. I, I just don't know. I don't know how it rates on our scale. That's that's what yeah. I think I'm saying. Where where are you at with this one, Smitty? Uh, out of six Lombardis, I'm at like two on this. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go one Lombardi. Yeah. I'm 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 low on this one. I do like it. I would drive it. Um, but I uh, it's not to me. I think the 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 personalization is what makes these fun, right? And this yeah. is very cookie cutter. Absolutely. So, Tyler, I absolutely want to know more about this, and I'm not at all talking about the truck. I want to know more about. We the need Adam like a whole break, breakdown of the <laughs> yes. Winchester Apple Blossom Festival Sports Breakfast. Uh, 
when, when can I be the keynote speaker? Should we go? I will make a trip to Winchester to go to the Apple Blossoms Festival. For, like, who like, is it? Is it Jack Ham next year? Because I'm in. I'm going. All right. If, it, <laughs> if it's Steelers related every year, I am going to the Apple Blossom Festival Sports Breakfast in Winchester, Virginia, 100%. That's what I was gonna say. Is it like? Is it somebody different every year? That's I. I don't know. I, Maybe this, this is, is Terry's thing. Maybe this is his cash cow. He just he's been living it up in retirement on all the cash he gets from the Winchester, Virginia Apple Blossom Festival Sports Breakfast. Yeah, Tyler, let us know. Maybe that's is that is that a truck that Terry's given away? Is that Terry's truck? I mean, who knows? If it if it's Terry's truck, drove there? no, Ter- Terry. No, it's not Terry's truck. <laughs> No. Um, all right. That's enough ridiculousness to end the episode here. Alan, <laughs> there can never be find? enough ridiculousness at a Saunders underscore PGH on Twitter at PGH Steelers. Now on Twitter and on YouTube, Steelers myself, Nick Farabaugh, Derek Bell, super excited to have him. We're going to have him on the podcast. I'm going to tease it for another day and then maybe we'll bring him out tomorrow or Wednesday. Talk to Derek and see when his schedule works with ours. And, uh, yeah, keep keep the trucks and the cars and the vans and the ambulances, hearses, helicopters, unicycles, boats, rocket ships, whatever you got. Keep those coming. Keep the comments coming. Comments uh, subscribe too. to the we channel. Love it. Love it. Leave us a like. Hit that notification bell so you know when we post another episode or we get a camp report or any of the other great content that's being put on the channel. Leave us a five-star review if you're listening on any platform that isn't YouTube. Do all that good stuff as well. We appreciate the continued support uh, that we see every single day. So thank you guys in advance. Uh, I am Zachary Smith, PGH. For Alan Saunders, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.